Welcome to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton. This week we're doing a special podcast series about China in conjunction with a special report that VOM mailed out to all of our newsletter readers about what is happening with Christians in China right now. If you haven't received that special report, you can request a copy at vomradio.net slash China. Again, that website, vomradio.net slash China to request your copy of that special report about persecution in China. Today, we're going to revisit a conversation that I recorded earlier this year with Brother Joel. Brother Joel, as we mentioned on Tuesday, helps us deliver Bibles in every part of China. And uh, he is one of the most knowledgeable people about the family church, the underground church in China. He knows uh, lots of different pastors and leaders within the family church. He has contact with them all the time. So he really gives us a up-close, inside look at what's happening in China right now. So I want to share this with you. Stick around after the conversation. I've got an opportunity for you to win a free copy of the Wormbrand video-based small group curriculum from The Voice of the Martyrs. I'll explain all the details of that after this conversation with Brother Joel, so stick around to hear that. Thanks for being a part of this special China Week here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. If you were to face persecution for your faith in Christ, would you have the strength to endure? Brother Joel says you don't have to have that strength, but you do have to have God's strength inside of you. If we are one of those who are given the gift of persecution, I think that we're given a special strength from the Holy Spirit for endurance. I don't think just any normal believer probably can endure that until the Holy Spirit gives us the power to do so. So I think we just commit our ways to the Lord, make a decision that we're going to take up our cross and follow Him, and then we face every day as it comes. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and we're in the studio in Bartlesville, Oklahoma this week with Brother Joel. Last month, we had Brother Joel and Brother Blake with us talking about the changes in China. Uh, We're going to follow up now with Brother Joel about how that's affecting his work. Uh, Brother Joel, welcome back to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. We talked last month uh, about how things are changing in China and how things are tightening as far as government control. And uh, if you're listening and you didn't hear that interview, you can go to vomradio.net and listen to that. But Joel, I, I know part of your work is distributing Bibles. How are these changes affecting what you do on a day-to-day basis? Well, first of all, because of the some rumors of restrictions, future restrictions on Bible printing. And currently there seems to be some restrictions on uh, some types of Bibles and other religious literature. Because of that, we're trying to increase the work we do now with the uh, thought in mind that in the future we might not have Bibles. 
the Church of China is really concerned now that they, there will be a dearth of Bibles, a, a famine of Bibles in the future. So there, there are a lot of requests right now. I think my grandpa would say, make hay while the sun shines. <laughs> Work hard now while the door's open because we don't know what the door's going to be like. One of the things you said when you were with us, and it's hard to believe it's been three years ago, but it's a, it's something that I'll never forget. And actually, I I think of it every year when my time for my performance appraisal comes up. You said a part of your annual meeting with all of your staff is the question, are you ready to go to jail for three years to keep working with us on these these Bible projects? Do you still ask that question, number one? And number two, is it does it seem more real to the people now with the, the current level of, of crackdown that's going on? The answer to both questions is yes. I still ask the question, and it's more meaningful, especially the persecution that's come against us personally uh, since the last time I talked to you. And so this is a very serious situation we're working under today. With the addition now of the change in China that most people have heard about with the addition of millions and millions of cameras with face recognition software. So on a day-to-day basis, we know that any of us can be tracked every move we make, every meeting we have. So we have to be more cautious in our meetings. We have to be more cautious not to have anyone arrested and go to prison for three years. So we're a lot a lot more aware of our movements than we ever have been. And we're aware of the fact that even Americans can be arrested and put in prison for a two to three year prison sentence in mainland China. So it's not just something you're asking your Chinese workers, it's something you're thinking about yourself as well. I have to discuss this with my wife and my son. We have to count the cost. We know it would be maybe um, not a common thing, but it is the possibility. We know it's a possibility of Americans being arrested and imprisoned because there are over 100 who are in prison in China right now. And many of these, I might want to say, it's questionable reasons why they were arrested and why they're in prison. So if it's a possibility at all, we need to have the discussion. But but really, Todd, isn't this the the condition of every believer that in the context of your own personal discipleship, you have to ask the question, will I pick up my cross and follow him? If I were asked to die for Christ, would I die for Christ? Would I be in prison for Christ? I think we all should ask that question. I hope that happens every month when we send out the Voice of the Martyrs newsletter. I hope people read those stories and say, okay, what would I do if my spouse was arrested? What would I do if I was sent to prison? Because like you say, that that is a part of our personal discipleship. Help me, though, understand how you think through those issues. When you sit down with your wife and say, okay, uh, it's time for us to, to re-up and, and recommit to this work— Yes, there is the possibility. Uh, it's it's probably not a likelihood, but there is certainly the possibility I could end up in jail. How does that conversation go, or, or how do you think through that in your own heart and in your own mind? Well, we write a list. If this happens, what will my wife do? Who will she call? What kind of help do we have available to us? Do we have someone on our staff who has the ability to travel to China to try to collect my things or meet with someone. So we have an actual plan in place for if I were arrested 
Or, you know, anyone needs to think about this in some parts of the world if you're kidnapped or if you should pass away while you're on the mission field. We make a definite plan. If I'm going into a situation that's a little bit dangerous, we make sure that our personal finances are in order, that my wife has enough money to last for a certain amount of time if I don't get back. So we make concrete plans. Wow. Uh, Just hearing you say that, I'm reminded of uh, interviewing underground Christians in Iran that actually, as a part of their small groups, they role play being interrogated. You know, you be the policeman, I'll be the persecuted Christian, you question me, and, and they critique each other. Oh, well, you you didn't answer that question very well. You should work on that. It sounds like you have that same mindset. We're very ready. There's a very concrete plan in place. If something happens, we're ready. Well, I think if you do the planning beforehand and you answer the question beforehand, then you know you're prepared, you know you have your answer, then you can set it aside and you don't live under that burden every day. Then you're free to worship the Lord. You're free to travel anywhere God tells you to go. You don't feel any fear. You don't feel any restriction. You just follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. What are the spiritual aspects of that of that planning or, or that thought process? Liberating. <laughs> I know that my wife is behind it. Uh-huh. She's in support. My son is in support of it. My pastor is in support of it. The leadership of my ministry is in support of it. So the whole thing is just liberating. What are the challenges right now for Bible distribution? Because I know the last time we talked, we were part of getting Bibles to every single province of China, all across the country. Uh, What are the challenges under these new regulations? The challenges for Bible distribution are uh, maybe aside from the new regulations. It's a a different thing that's happening that's just happening, and there doesn't seem to be any regulation that we have seen around it. The, The first implication is we're having trouble getting the Bibles. Often, whenever VOM can do it, we try to legally purchase legally available Bibles. The goal in that would be to set up a demand that hopefully the government would voluntarily print additional Bibles, as many as are needed. If we can sell more, let's print more. And what we found is it's becoming very difficult to buy what we need. So already it would appear that there are restrictions on printing that are already in place because the Bibles are not available. Oftentimes we go to purchase them and they're just not available for purchase. So what's the answer to that? Is is there uh, secret printing, underground printing? Are we allowed to talk about that? Or uh, how, how, do you, how do you meet that need if there's not legally available purchasable Bibles? It is possible to print the Bible. Some companies will print it. They'll handle the legality of it. So I don't get involved in that. I just say, will you print it? And they'll say, for enough money, we'll print this, and we don't pay too much for it. But if they'll print it, we print it. We've done a lot of that. And there are ways to take Bibles into China other ways other than printing or buying legally. So it's the Word of God. You do anything that you can do, any option available to you, you must do it with no fear for your own safety. Talk a little more about that. Why Why is it so important for the Chinese church to have access to God's Word? Well, as we all know as Christians, the Word of God is our lifeblood for our faith. 
We've lived through the times where Bibles were hand-printed, hand-copied. Now we can actually purchase legal Bibles in China. We, we don't want to see that day get away from us. We don't want to see that change. So we want to, in every case that we can, we want to cooperate with the government and, and have a good name as Christians, have a good standing as believers, be seen as good citizens, but the Word of God is our lifeblood. We will not exist without it. Are there some digital ways to get Bibles that, that don't involve paper and ink and maybe are, are easier or less problematic as far as delivery? There are. There are a lot of digital Bibles available in the Chinese language today, and VOM is currently working on improving our methods of mass distribution of digital materials onto mobile phones or onto tablets or computers. So that's all available, and we'll use that if we need to. But most Christians, I think most Christians might agree that to do all of your Bible study on a tiny little Samsung or iPhone is not very conducive to good spiritual growth. To have a Bible in front of you that you can bookmark in several locations and flip easily back and forth and study, there's really no good replacement for an actual book Bible. What would you like for American Christians, and I'm one of them, people like me, what would you like us to grab a hold of about the Bible that we could learn from our Chinese brothers and sisters? Well, this, this question is um, very interesting because we have to set targets at VOM for how many Bibles we try to supply to China. So to do that, we have to know how long does a Chinese Bible last. And I've interviewed hundreds of Christians over the years. How long does your legally printed Bible last. And they're good quality Bibles. And the answer is always the same, three to five years. Three to five years? I've had my Bible for 15. And the difference is, I think they use their Bible more than I use mine. Oh, I, I hate oh to say that. there's a lesson there. So the, the big lesson that I take away from the Chinese church is they wear out their Bible every three to five years. That's a good challenge for us as American believers. Are, are you wearing out your Bible? That, that's a good question to ask uh, in your Sunday school class or in your small group this week. Go around the room and say, hey, are you wearing out your Bible uh, like our Chinese brothers and sisters are? We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother Joel. He is a longtime partner with Voice of the Martyrs on scripture distribution projects in China, who are the people, Joel, that inspire you to keep going? Uh, you talked about the decision. You talked about the, the planning. What if this doesn't go well? Who are the people that inspire you to say, absolutely, this is worth it? Well, I am a small part of Voice of the Martyrs. So one of my greatest inspirations is Richard Wormbrand and Sabina Wormbrand. I was 18 years old when I read Tortured for Christ. And it was in that moment that I realized I had to answer the question for myself, would I die for the Lord at age 18? Would I go to prison for the Lord? It dramatically changed my faith. From that moment forward, there's never a question in my mind about should I continue? 
There's never a question about how much effort should I put in? How much risk should I take? I simply can think of my brother Richard, who was 14 years in a communist prison, more than three years in solitary confinement, tortured in unspeakable ways. And my current friends in China, one of my dear friends, close friends, who has spent over 16 years in prison. And the last prison sentence that he had was seven years. During that time, he was not given his Bible for seven years. It was illegal, but they restricted his Bible from him. He still planted a church in the prison and wept over the fact that he had to leave his congregation on the day he was released. Those stories caused me to feel very small and (laughs) insignificant and always thinking, I'm really not doing enough. I'm just a baby Christian compared to those guys. Wow. That's how I feel. Your friend who was in prison for those seven years and planted a church, how did he do that? I mean, that's such a simple question, but how did he get to the point where being in prison didn't bother him as far as his ministry was concerned? It was like, okay, well, I guess I'm supposed to minister here. How? How did he get to that point? How do how do we get to that point? Well, I, I think that um, if we are one of those who are given the gift of persecution, that God has chosen to allow us to suffer in that way for whatever his reasons are, I think that we're given a special strength from the Holy Spirit for endurance. I don't think just any normal believer probably can endure that until the Holy Spirit gives us the power to do so. So I think we just commit our ways to the Lord, make a decision that we're going to take up our cross and follow him, and then we face every day as it comes, day by day. And I take comfort from the fact that that God gives us that grace when the time comes. If I don't feel like I have that grace today, it's because I'm, I'm not persecuted today, so I don't need that grace and I've heard that from others as well. When the time came, God provided what I needed to go through that experience and to, to stand up under that pressure. Brother Joel, we've heard stories about the, the missionary heart of the Chinese church, where the Chinese church is sending missionaries into Muslim countries, into other countries. Do you see that as you encounter the Chinese church? Do you see that growing in them? That's probably their greatest passion right now, is to do something to lead the nations to Christ before they end. They have a very definite eschatology about the end and Christ's return to this earth, and they believe that they have been ordained by God to go to the nations, and that their experiences that they have had in China are useful to them for going into the most difficult areas of the world and being able to preach the gospel and face persecution in uh, Muslim countries, for instance. Do they talk about the persecution that that they're likely to face? You know, if if you're a Christian and you go to Saudi Arabia and start being a witness for Christ, you're going to have this happen. Do they have that kind of training is maybe not the right word, but do they openly talk about this is going to be costly? Well, they do, but they live in an environment where their current life is costly. 
Brother Joel, as we finish up today, the, the last thing I want to ask about praying for is is the Bible distribution work. How can we pray? And I know you've mentioned just that Bibles are getting harder to get, but how else can we pray for your work and your workers who are distributing Bibles in China? Pray that God leads us and gives us wisdom on how we should proceed, how we should ship, how we should package. We just need to hear from the Lord every day because we're in an environment now where we don't really have enough human wisdom to know how to do God's work. Pray that we would continue to have courage and um, pray that the Lord would make, in the old days, he made blind eyes see. Pray that he would make seeing eyes blind. And much of what we do is not seen by those security cameras. Amen. And there are cameras everywhere. <laughs> so uh, that, that truly we are praying for a miracle. We're praying that, that the work would go forward unhindered. Brother Joel, it's always such a cool thing to get to sit down and chat with you. Uh, appreciate your heart for China and your heart for the Lord. And thank you for being our guest this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you so much for the opportunity again to see you. This conversation has been part of a special China Week here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. All week long, we are revisiting some of the best and most powerful conversations we've had about the church in China in the midst of the growing persecution that is going on there. This is in conjunction with a written report issued by the Voice of the Martyrs. If you didn't get a copy of that report in your mailbox, you can request one, vomradio.net slash China vomradio.net slash China tomorrow, the last day of our special China week. And honestly, one of the most powerful interviews that I've ever been a part of here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. We're going to meet Sister Amber. Sister Amber was arrested in Tibet. She was a gospel worker there. And uh, some amazing things about her story of, of God's faithfulness in the midst of persecution. You're going to hear how even as she was being tormented by the Chinese police who had arrested her, she clearly sensed God asking her to receive his persecution. You're also going to hear about her mom's prayer journal. Her mom was thousands of miles away during this time for Sister Amber, but she was praying for her, and she drew a picture in her prayer journal you're going to want to hear about that picture and what it meant to Sister Amber when her mom showed it to her months after she had endured this persecution. So be back tomorrow, the last day of our special China Week here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. One more thing before you go. We are always trying to reach new listeners with the stories of our persecuted family. One way that you can help us do that is by giving a rating or a review of this podcast on your favorite podcast service. Those ratings affect how many people see our podcast in the listings. They also affect how likely they are to give it a try, to listen to one episode of VOM Radio. So to help motivate you to post a review and a rating, we're having a little giveaway. Between December 11 and December 19, if you'll post a rating on iTunes or Google Play Music or one of the other podcast services, then send me a screenshot of your review along with your mailing address. 
we're going to draw five people to receive a free copy of the Worm Brand Curriculum Kit. So post a review of VOM Radio on your favorite podcast service. Then send me a screenshot of the review to radio at vom.org. Again, that address, radio at vom.org. We're going to draw five names out of those that post reviews, and I'll send them a Worm Brand Curriculum Kit. Radio at vom.org. And include your name and your physical mailing address in the email so that if you win, I can send that curriculum kit to you. Right now, will you just take a moment as we finish up for the day and pray for China? We've talked to Brother Joel about Bible distribution. Will you pray specifically that Bibles will go out, that God will protect those who are distributing them and carrying them, and that Uh, The Chinese government will not be able to stop the advance of God's word in China. So as we finish up, even right now, just take a few moments to pray for China. Thanks for doing that. We'll see you tomorrow for the final day of China Week here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio.